Good time of the day, and welcome to another episode of And When I Say I Mean, I am your co-host, Adrian. And I am your co-host, Austin. Hola. Are you Spanish? Uh, just for the moment. Okay. Living in the Spanish moment. See. Si. Nice. You were just pausing for a long time and saying nothing, so I felt like something had to be said. I never know what to say right after the beginning. Just say like, hey, then, welcome to another week. Yeah, but Austin, then you usually you say that, and then I, I don't like to talk over you. Well, you were introing this time, so. Oh, am I supposed to then do the follow-up? My bad. That's what I was anticipating. Austin, what did you do this week? <laughs> well, I just found out that Twist and Shout is a song by the Beatles. How crazy yeah, every- is that? Everybody knew this. No, I don't this think was, everyone knew that. This this could be like one of those Geico commercials where they're like, 15 minutes. Can, well, actually, no, I don't no, think no, that's no, how no. it works. But <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Twisted Shout. Did you know that Twisted Shout was by the Beatles? Listen. Yes, Austin. Everybody knows that. But did you know that you can save 15% or more on car insurance by switching to Geico? Listen. Not a sponsor. Elvis is a is a person who is famous for being a music, musician. But I never, like, discover that a song that is just in the zeitgeist is written by Elvis. Um, Blue Suede Shoes. That's, who, um, when's the last time you heard anyone blue talk Christmas. about Blue Suede Shoes? I uh, have no idea what Blue Christmas is. I'll have a blue Christmas without you. It is, it is not as popular or famous as White Christmas. Which um, is terrible, by the way. Did we talk about this? <laughs> I don't know. I love White Christmas. <laughs> it's so bad. Why is why do you say it's bad? Um, it's just like it's incoherent. the The second couple is never actually a couple, and then mm. they are a couple at the end. Okay, just I I got some more Elvis songs for you to make oh, sure you me. know. Hound Can't dog. help falling okay, in cool. love. Hound dog. What Jailhouse Rock. Can't help falling in love. I have no idea what that song is. Sing me any lyrics. Love me tender. <laughs> I can't help falling in love with you. I'm pretty sure that's okay. that one. Okay. Um, love me tender. You know that one. No, I don't. Um, I, I don't know. That's all I, I'm picking up right Jailhouse now. Jailhouse Rock is a song whose name I have heard. You know that one. How does it go? Uh, let's listen to it. But anyway, my point is, I don't randomly stumble across lots of songs, but I find that I do that for the Beatles a lot. And so the yeah. Beatles, I think, are uniquely positioned in that way. Jailhouse Rock is also covered by the Apologetics, and it's talking about when Paul and Silas are in the in prison. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Classic. Mm-hmm. Um, but I made some more French bread yesterday because I am planning to show off, um, this weekend. Um. Quick question. Yeah. You're showing off your skills or you're just like showing off in general? The French bread. So you're, okay. Are you making French bread? Yeah, I already did. And then I was going to bring it to people that I'm seeing this weekend. Okay. Solid. Um, so... Look out for that. You'll have I'll already out for it, it by this time. I'm not going to see you this weekend. Lame. It's um, true. But uh, the, so I'm, I'm reading the book that I recommended. And so this is going to be something to write in the, the margins as you're, as you're making your country French bread or pain de mm-hmm. Champagne or however you say that. Um, that sounded good. Do, do not put flour on the baking parchment. That will only lead to burnt bottoms and broken dreams. Mm. Don't do that. Just just go straight baking parchment. Better yet, have a baking stone. I do not have a baking stone, so I cannot do that. You invest in one. But he also said uh, you could use an unfinished tile. Um, so... Adrian, I, I could believe that you have just unfinished tiles for no reason. 
Um, Maybe. So if you do, hook me up. You have that giant slab of granite I have, that you I got. I do have that somewhere. giant slab of granite, but that's finished, though. Oh, so that won't work? I don't know. I could unfinish it. Is that a thing? I don't know. I don't, I'm, okay. not a, I'm not a mason. Okay. Um, I don't know what else I did. Uh, I recorded a lot of data today. It was tedious. Um, what kind of data? Uh, how it is a time series of the return from a laser reflecting off a target underwater. Okay. So how long it takes to reflect? Um, how long, yeah, how long it takes to get there and back and what else I'm collecting, what other light I'm collecting, uh, before that light gets back to me. Mm-hmm. It's very That tedious. sounds fascinating. It's, it sounds more fascinating than it is in, in practice. In practice. I was trying to be more excited than it sounded. Oh, thanks. In practice, it's a lot of putting antacid into water and waiting for it to settle to a um, consistent cloudiness. Okay. How do you how do you standardize antacid cloudiness? You have a, a device that that does that. Okay. So you once you pour antacid, it, it usually fluctuates for a while. It's kind of like a damp harmonic oscillator. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you need to wait for that to to damp to its its new set point, essentially. Isn't it constantly dampening? No, no. So like, I'm at some level of antacid or some level of cloudiness. Then I add more antacid, and then oh, whoop, you need to it re- goes up. Yeah, and it's it levels out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To a, a higher level of cloudiness. Right, because you've added more. Yeah. Okay, I'm following. It is. It is. It's not. It's not exciting. I'm sorry. But I did that a lot, which is very important. It's. I. I needed to do it, but. It's not, not fun. exciting. No. Okay. Okay. Do you do anything more fun? Yeah, actually. Um, so our brother Zach was visiting oh, this I'm week. familiar. Yeah. So he got here on Sunday and joined us for the celebration of my roommate's birthdays because they Happy have the same birthday. birthday. Um, so we had ice cream cake. I made some cookies. Austin, let me tell you. Yeah. It's true. You can just make cookies with stuff that you have in yeah, your house. It's because, crazy. Because, spoiler alert, you may have said this last week, but cookies are just butter, sugar, yep. and flour. Yep. It's biscuits with more sugar. So I I made some um, chocolate chip cookies without the chocolate chips, which mm. is pretty solid. So, yeah, Zach was here for for that festivities, and then I had to work, so he just kind of hung out, went to some coffee shops. Um, yeah. And then he forgot the the switch, so I text I, – I found it. I was like, hmm, it's weird that Zach left the controller here on the table. <laughs> and so then I opened the case that I was also like, oh, weird Zach left this here. Shot him a text, say, Zach, you forgot the switch. Turns around comes back yep so monday we went to nubble lighthouse which i'm not sure if we went there when you were here did did no. we no when valerie visited we went there although it was a very different day than when valerie and i went there last time when she and i went it was stormy and the middle of november at nighttime and nobody else was there this I feel time, like that's the proper time to visit <laughs> a lighthouse it, <laughs> on the New England coast. Yeah, it was pretty fun. Um, this time, though, with Zach, it was sunny, and there's lots of people, and it was hot and bright. So kind of mm. the complete opposite in many ways. Yeah, lame. 
Um, I don't know. It was pretty nice. And then we got some lobster rolls because apparently the long, what I thought was long tradition of Zach not liking shellfish slash maybe being allergic to it is yeah. a lie. Um, no, oh, that is not true. No, that is so true. Ask my bed after that Papa John's Long John Silver <laughs> Taco Bell combo. I mean, that may have to do with the Papa John's a different Long tale. John Silver's. <laughs> and Taco Bell, and less about the shellfish. <laughs> it wasn't actually a Papa John's. I just, I couldn't think of Long John Silver's, so I just um, said all the fast food I could think of. Well, but, but was, I saw him. It was a Long was John Taco Silver's Bell, Taco Bell. Long John Silver's. So maybe that was more of the reason, and less of the fish. Because I saw him eat a whole lobster roll, and he was fine. Lobsters barely shellfish, though. Okay. We've we've had this discussion about what is considered shellfish before, shellfish before. I'm not sure if that's been on the pot or just in life. I don't know. It, Anyways, it is actually like legitimately shellfish. It just doesn't taste like most other shellfish. Okay, so, um, and then we came back to my house, played some cockroach poker with my roommates. That sounds gross. Uh, there's no real cockroaches involved. It's just a card game. Oh, and then we nice. watched the we watched the Terminator. Oh, which one? The first one. Oh, how was which, it? Um, it was good, fine. Um, uh, it kind of reminded me of Blade Runner, except it made more sense. And we got well, to the end of it, and I <laughs> and I said that, and Zach is like, wait a minute. This movie made more sense than Blade Runner? And I was like, yeah, Zach, you have no idea what's happening in that entire yeah. movie. This movie actually had a plot. And ants. Did I, I was in a meeting the other day, and some we were like looking at graphs, <laughs> and somebody was just like, and ants. And I was pretty <laughs> sure I was the only one who got it. Mm-hmm. I hope it's a meme on the internet, because it should be. Um, and then Tuesday went back to work and then in the evening we went to, um, dinner at this wings place and Nate and Becca joined us there. And then we went to tokens, which is like this arcade bar that has all these stand up arcade games and Evan and Daria and Zach, different Zach met us there as well. So we, you can just like get these, you know, tokens and go play arcade games. It was pretty fun. Played some Galaga and Centipede and Street Fighter. Centipede is not fun. I thought it was fun. Is and it a different game that I'm thinking of? The snake goes by and you have to kill the snake. Okay, it is a different game that I'm thinking of. I think I'm thinking of the goes snake across game. the screen. You might be thinking of the snake game. This is not the snake game. Uh, they had ski ball, lots of pinball. Except for some reason, the pinball was the most expensive game you could play. Pinball I don't really is, understand. Pinball is a, a legend. Um, and this X Men game, where you can play with like up to six people. Did you? Uh, we only played with four people, but who would? Who did you play as? I played as Nightcrawler. Mm, nice. I'm pretty sure he had the best special. Um, was it turn invisible? He it was teleport, actually. He teleports. Yeah. Um, what else did we play? Uh, NBA Jam. Rampage, which is essentially just Wreck-It Ralph. But yeah. Actually, have you seen the movie Rampage starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson? I have not, actually, but now that you say that, it's got, is it based off of this video game? Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? No. There was that wolf thing in this yeah. game. Mm-hmm. Wow. And an albino King Kong? Yeah. I was playing as the albino King Kong. Yep, based on, wow. the, based on the game. Yep. And then uh, that was it. And then Zach left this morning, so... Hmm. See Zach. Also, I was at a wedding on Saturday, so it was just a busy. It's been a busy time. Happy nuptials. Yeah. 
And it was good. It was a fun wedding. I mean, as fun as any other wedding. They had donuts and coffee, you which means that I could just sit there. You say it was as fun as any other wedding. There is a huge spectrum of weddings being fun or not. Okay, well, let me just say this. I didn't have to dance. I was okay. able to sit and eat a donut and drink coffee and watch other people dance with my friends. This is the reception? Yeah. Oh. I'm talking... The ceremony? <laughs> Are you talking about the ceremony? Yeah. It was It was okay. I would have said some things differently. Mm. Emphasized some more things where they weren't emphasized. That's how I feel about lots of things that I hear. So, but they got married. Congrats. <laughs> that was a, uh, a little cannon. popper thing, yeah. Yeah, that is nice. Well, to get back to last week, mm-hmm. I don't like the 4th of July. <laughs> okay, so today... I don't know if I don't like the 4th of July or not. I haven't decided yet. Um, but today I was going into my work as I typically do. Yep. Um, and so it is always a race for me between me and the National Anthem, which plays promptly at 8 o'clock a.m. Mm-hmm. When the National Anthem plays, everyone is expected to stop moving. Yes. Quick clarifying question. Adrian, the why American National a, Anthem. Why are you in a place where the National Anthem is being played? That is the nature of my work. Right. I just wasn't sure that it was widely known that you are currently working in Washington, D.C. I'm not really, but... Essentially. It pretends it is. It wishes it was. Anyway... It is a race between me and the National Anthem, and today was a good day because I was able to beat the National Anthem into the building. The mm-hmm. trumpet sounded just as I got through those doors, so I didn't have to stand and look at the flag. And so me and some fellow interns were about to go to the office where we get authorization for things, and okay. I, I told them I the was excited. authorization office? No, I told them I was excited that I had just barely beaten the National Anthem. And they said, wow, super patriotic. (laughs) And I said, (laughs) yep. Uh, So that, I think that summarizes my my posture. Actually, that is just like a a preamble to my posture toward... Is that a pun? A little bit toward... The Fourth of July. Okay, I have better reasons for for being uncomfortable with the Fourth of July than just normal. I don't know; they're kind of related reasons. But I'm I'm not a very I'm not a super patriotic person, so that that is kind of the that is the initial starting point mm-hmm. for other things. Though I I don't know I don't I don't know if my Mennoniteness drives my unpatriotism, or just my radical free spiritedness drives my unpatriotism, and then I justify it with my Mennoniteness. Don't know, but as I said last podcast, I worry that the Fourth of July and other related national holidays. Um, promote a normalization of war. I don't know if that's what I actually said on the last podcast, but I said something similar to it. Yes. Um, Okay, so let's dig into that a little bit. What do you mean by normalizing? Um, Like, I, I think that they make war a like a legitimate solution to problems. And it's, I don't mean like that it's not a legitimate solution, that it's not an effective solution in some problems. What mm-hmm. what I mean more when I say that it normalizes it 
like I think war is a morally unacceptable solution to problems. And so in normalizing it, it makes what I what I think is unacceptable. And like lots of people talk about like the senselessness of war, but then we talk about war in a way that it's just like, oh yeah, that's a legit solution to our problems. Mm-hmm. Okay, so would you say that there is never a situation where war is the answer? Um. Okay, I would say war is not the best answer. There are definitely solutions. Like there are definitely times when war is a solution. Okay. And maybe it's like the most efficient solution. But I like I don't think that makes it the best solution. Okay. So mom and dad were very worried about me saying such things about the 4th of July. They were saying how does the 4th of July specifically because it's about our independence and we could have become independent in any way. I would say mm-hmm. true, but we didn't. Um and so that like the founding story of America is from a war um and so that is kind of intrinsically linked with our independence right right so yeah i don't i don't necessarily disagree with that because i think that that is where like a lot of american maybe philosophies isn't the right word, but culture comes from, is from that. I think that... The American Revolution? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the just defiance nature we are, the, you know, we're going to fight for ourselves and against tyranny and we're stronger and all of these mm-hmm. other things. Yeah, Zach asked um, me, Austin, do you know what the motto for Virginia is? And I said, yeah, of course I know what the Virginia motto is. Six Emperor Tyrannus. And he's like, um, okay, but like the other one. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> Virginia is for lovers? Just let it be known. The real motto of Virginia is thus always to tyrants. Which is also pretty good compared to the New Hampshire <laughs> Uh, motto, which is live free or die. Yeah. Uh, um, so I agree. Told I, me a terrible I, New Hampshire joke the other day. Like it was bad or like it was bad? It was, well, it was just, it was about people actually dying. So. Okay. Anyway. Um, so I agree. I think that because of the revolutionary nature of how our country was created, that is the, um, that is an undertone of America. That's apparently a provocative statement, though, as I've learned. Okay. Um, but I guess I'm I'm interested in thinking about, like, and, and this, I guess we can, we'll flush this out. Mm-hmm. What about, like, fighting against injustices? For instance... World War Two and the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me to believe that that would have ended without war. Um, for instance, um, that was kind of my main thought. But then there's also other injustices as well that I think are potentially worth fighting for. Um, so I guess how. So I think your kind. Your statement is very straightforward Mm -hmm. but i think it is more nuanced than that maybe um so i don't know what do you think about yeah that i mean that's fair that's that that is the go-to response um and it like it's a good response my position comes more from not like and i know this sounds terribly impractical but it's not like how has history gone but it's what what does it take to what does it mean to take pacifism seriously um mm-hmm. because i believe that christians are called to pacifism another provocative statement 
um, based on Jesus and his mm-hmm. words. Um, and so to me, taking pacifism seriously recognizes that um, the wisdom of God is the folly of of man. Um, and so if if we take pacifism seriously, we I I feel like we're inevitably going to get to those situations where it involves like a bunch of people dying and none of that is good. Uh but wait, s- sorry, say that again. If like if, if we take pacifism seriously, it's going to lead to lots of people dying. It I th- I think in many cases it will lead to people dying. Okay. Um in the short term, but I think that leads to greater long-term successes and I don't even want to use the word success because I, I it implies like a it's like a too worldly picture that I want to portray okay like to me if we if we take go for it can I ask before we go too far, yeah. can I ask for your definition of pacifism? Because uh, I feel like that's important. You also compared it to Jesus, who you could argue isn't necessarily completely passive in like a just kind of not do anything like type of. Well, pacifism, pacifism. is not this, as far as I know, is not the same root as passive. Um, okay. So, though. I I am going to look that up because the root of pacifism is peace. Um, and it comes from the word pacify, which is French, probably comes from Latin. And so according to the dictionary, I'm going to s- see if I'm going to agree with this later on after I read it. Pacifism is the belief that any violence, including war, is unjustifiable under any circumstances that all disputes should be settled by peaceable means. I mostly agree with that. Um, if not entirely, but we'll find that out. So pacifism is not passive. There's not passivity. Um, as, as Dietrich Bonhoeffer emphasizes in The Cost of Discipleship, it's not blessed or the peaceful he doesn't actually emphasize this. This is me kind of extrapolating off. He says it's blessed are the peacemakers. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that's not a peacemaker in like the UN peacekeeping force. Like there's a difference between making and keeping peace. Um, And so I think you can be, we're, yeah, we, we ought to be peacemakers, which is not a passive thing. Okay. Great. I agree with that. I just want to make sure that because I think I think a lot of times we do like mix that up. I think we think of pacifism as means that we are passive and don't do anything. But in reality, what you're saying is to be a pacifist means that you are active. You're actively pursuing how can we resolve Mm -hmm. these things in a peaceful way rather than one that's being violent. Right. Interestingly, Um, the root of the word passive is suffered. So anyway, go for it. Suffered as in like suffrage? No, like suffered. Like as in went through pain. Okay. What were you saying though? I don't remember where I was. I think I was basically ending my thought. Okay. That we that we often misconstrue pass being a pacifist with being passive as opposed to pursuing actively pursuing peace mm-hmm. in a in a peaceful manner yeah and so it is it is very easy to say that world war 1 we should kill nazis and i know that's world war 2 but i'm just saying things um which is i i think is a is a reasonable position to have, and that's fine. And, and so, and I'm fine with taking an unreasonable position, because I I think that's what we're called to, despite the the reason of of man. Um, okay. So, 
yeah, I think that will practically lead to people dying. Um, but I think that's okay. War is also going to practically lead to people dying. Um, so neither, neither of them are, you know, good situations, but I think if we take the call to, if someone strikes you on the cheek, turn the other cheek and don't resist an evil person seriously. And we also take seriously that the work of Christ has defeated the adversary. I I think it's too pessimistic to say that pacifism will lead to world control by evil people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Interesting that you brought up that uh, passage about turning the other cheek. Why? So we're go. What? I'm sorry. That's just like, that's, let me finish my sentence. It's just the passage. Sorry. It's, it's interesting (laughs) if you finish, if I can finish my sentence, it's interesting because recently in our sermon series that's going through the Beatitudes, Mm -hmm. the sermon that was talking about meekness, he was talking about this and how this idea of being, it's not necessarily, he wasn't necessarily talking about being passive, I guess, but the idea of turning your cheek isn't necessarily meaning that you're taking your blow and you're not doing anything. Um, It's more of that you're, you're turning you're you're actively avoiding the conflict and protecting yourself in a peaceful way um and so it's not necessarily one that's that's saying you're you're just taking the blow and like you're captain america you can do it all day it's more of like okay how can i peacefully avoid the the conflict but also try to affect um the conflict in a in a way that is meaningful so that's what that sermon was. His sermon was kind of about about that and what does meekness actually look like, um, which is kind of kind of flows into this idea of of peacemakers. I guess there's another beatitude about peacemakers, but yeah, that that that's also I, meekness. Also, he was using that verse um, in that sermon, mm-hmm. which was was very good. Um, so yeah, I guess. So then, I guess the question is. Is it, or to me, I guess what I was thinking about, is this really about war or is this about how do we deal with conflict and injustice? Because I think it's not necessarily about is war right or wrong. It's how do we, how do we decide to respond to injustices and cruelty, I guess. Maybe that's not true, but that's just what I'm thinking about. Um, I, I, I think that might be a deeper question, but that's not as, to me, that's not as related to the 4th of July or Memorial Day or Veterans Day as war is to me. Um, right. But it is, it is a little. Right. Because it is, how did we decide to, how do we decide to respond to that conflict? The other thought that I had, and maybe we don't necessarily need to get off this is like, how does this, how does this work? Because obviously our government, so what you're saying is somewhat personal, right? Because you're saying this is for me and because I'm a Christian and other Christians as well, but like our governments and nations aren't Christians. So how does that work? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I I think it can also apply to the national, or the 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 like the world stage, um, like the if if war, so war is not always conducted out of a desire to have more resources, but war is not not conducted out of a desire to have more resources. So a, mm-hmm. a more efficacious way to get those resources, as has kind of been shown through, um, you know, history, is trade. Um, mm-hmm. Trade is is usually a pretty uh, peaceable thing, and so that has been a much more effective way to build the wealth of nations. I put air quotes around that, but that's like that's like the whole thesis of of the wealth of nations. 
a trade is a more effective way to um, build the global economy than war is. So I, I don't I don't think there's I don't think there are we should not dismiss out of hand that pacifism can work as a national policy just because oh some nations are gonna be bad so we'll need to we'll we'll need to you know hit them with the iron fist of justice when they're out of line okay okay what about the idea of protecting ourselves protecting the people that we and in the case of the government are responsible for um or for you and me like defending our friends and family and Mm -hmm. fellow neighbors yep um so so in the event that another country is physically attacking us. Yep. Um, I don't know. I don't know if the government ought to be responsible for us in that way. Um, be, like, because government's a weird thing. And, like, nationhood is a very new concept. So that a nation should be responsible for my well-being is kind of a weird idea. Um, and so I, I don't necessarily agree that we, we ought to rely. Okay. I do not think that we ought to rely on the government, um, for our well-being. Maybe the, maybe the government has those responsibilities to us, but if it is, you know, if it's a government, if we're the sovereigns of the government, I think we can, we can enforce our own will upon what we think the government ought to do. Um, and, and like the United States practically has lots of other ways to influence things other than war. And it's just like people attacking other countries is, is, is pretty out of favor right now. Uh, I mean, to some extent, I think it probably happens more than we realize. Like, historically, this is a very peaceful time. Okay. And I I think that's because of relationships, largely because of, like, trade, um, that have been built between other countries. Mm -hmm. And desires not to see, like, the world destroyed and you know, everyone ravaged by war again. Um, so what was, oh, and for other people, I don't know. I, I think I, that, that is a, and okay, I'm, I am going to try to sound like not a monster, um, uh, but we'll see how that goes. I, that's like, that's an understandable response. And I would be hard pressed not to do such things but i i think again that's still that's still like selling out ourselves for things that are less than the kingdom of heaven mhm yeah i think it's i think it's hard though too when we live in a society that isn't made up of just Christians though, right? Like I think Why? That I think that's our greatest opportunity. I I mean that what I mean is that it's it's I mean maybe it's not, maybe I'm just not understanding. But I feel like it's it's easier for you to say yes, war is bad because of this this and this. But if I don't believe in a higher authority, then why would I agree with what you're saying. No, there's no reason to. Um, okay. But, I I don't know. I'm talking about why I don't like the 4th of July. Um, Great. That's good. That's that's fair. But and, and so, I, to me, 
and I've said, I'm sure I've said before, we've talked about Martin Luther King like twice, which is awesome. The civil rights movement, I think, is the, the greatest demonstration of the efficacy of pacifism. Mm-hmm. Without the without the willingness to to take take violence upon themselves and not respond, like that in a large part is why the civil rights movement succeeded and like the tireless work of everyone who was involved. But people were willing to face violence, not respond, and keep working to their goal. Um and the civil rights movement and the the liberation of India succeeded in massive ways that things before and after have not succeeded in. So mm-hmm. to me, and that, it makes no sense. Like it it's it's crazy to think that the civil rights movement worked um, because listening to the argument this morning, um, David Leonhardt however you say his name, was like looking at the civil rights movement as it was going on, it was just a long series of defeats. But looking back at it historically, it can only be seen as an amazing victory. Right. And so I like to me, that's that is what we're called to do. Even if the things that we're doing now look like a long series of defeats, which is what Tolkien called all of human history, by the way. Um we are called to take those defeats and still fight for the greater goals. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how do we do that? How do we – do you find yourself doing that today, do you feel like? If so, what does that look like? How do we get – I don't want to say how do we get better at that, but like how do we get better at that? Like if that – if that's what we need to do, and if that has the power to change the world, why a why aren't we doing that? And b how how do we do that? Um, and more, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. So, I would say we are not doing that because it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. Um, it seems crazy and hard and counterproductive. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, there are examples where it's the opposite of that. Um, so I think that's largely why it is not done. And, uh, you know, like war is typically easier. Um, it's not like, it, I don't want to say that war is easy. Um, but it is a much more straightforward, um, type of deal right so how do we get better at it though right i would say the only way to to be better at that is it has to be like a radical defocusing on yourself okay Uh, because all all of the all the things that we like the opposition is like what what if someone slaps me that's a Mm -hmm. You know, what if someone's attacking me? What if someone's attacking my family? What if someone's attacking my country? What do I do? Uh, like, am I not going to defend myself? And so I think the only way to be better at that is by radically refocusing on, I would say, God and his purposes for us. And so to me, the as a culmination of this two episode arc, we have these, we, these conflicting ritualistic holidays that go throughout the year. And some of them, both of them are trying to attempt you to center yourself on something. Mm -hmm. Would we agree with that? I think so. Yeah. Like the non Christian national holidays are about focusing ourselves on our nation and, um, subsuming yourself into this greater concept of the nation. Uh, and that leads to things like wars. Um, and other, I would say, like, compromises. Sometimes it leads to really great things. 
but it can also lead to war because if if the guiding principle is the existence of the nation state there's there's less of a i would say a moral foundation to what the nation state does and so the other ritualistic holidays in their best form and their intent is to refocus us not on ourselves but on god and his um love for us and for the world Mm -hmm. and so i think participating in those rituals and practices that focus us not on ourselves but on the greater goals and and god that is how we become good at denying ourselves okay yeah i think i think that is part of it i think in addition to definitely making sure our focus is like first and foremost on god i think we have to understand what is going on um especially like i think like when you look at the civil rights movement maybe like it's easy for martin luther king jr to realize that there's a problem because he's living in it um for you and i it's harder for us to see i th- let me i don't know maybe this is wrong maybe just for me i think it can be harder for me to see things like social injustice because i am in the more privileged or the most privileged area and so for i don't have to experience those things so it's easier for me to ignore those things i guess and so if i do want to stand up and be a part of these things and peacefully affect my society in the world, I have to be aware that there, that there are issues. I can't blindly just think, okay, these things aren't issues and just go on living my life of, you know, relative peace because I'm just, because I'm not in that. And so I think it's, it can be difficult if you're not in those situations to be aware of, okay, this is an area that I, that A, is not right, and B, like, I can do something about whether it's, yeah, I don't, I, and, and can do that in a peaceful way, I guess. Um, and so I think that's, and, and maybe the next step, or also big part of how do we get better at it, is we have to be willing to admit that there are problems and, and say, okay, I want to change these things. Mm. And, and like, at least for me as someone who is privileged, like, okay, I get a lot of benefits. How can I, how can I use that as a way to increase the freedoms, I guess, of, of those who don't have that. Um, so yeah, I would, I would add that to yours is, is we're never going to get better at it if we aren't seeing those things around us. And, and looking for those opportunities. Mm-hmm. That's why it says, uh, blessed are the peacemakers. Not the, it's like not merely the peaceful because the peaceful mm-hmm. can be like, it's easy to be peaceful and perpetuate injustices and bad things. Right. Um, but and, and, But I would say that um saying that like you're privileged and your region is privileged well that may not like that is largely true i i think that that de legitimize like i i'm sure you don't mean it in a way to say that it's delegitimizing the struggles of you and the people around you like everyone has struggles everyone right. everyone faces hardships um there is lots of deep hurt everywhere. So, like, it's not like, oh, we're here in our privileged world, and so we can't see injustice. There's always there's always injustice. There's always hurt, and we can always bring peace to those situations. Right. I, I agree. I, I, I'm not trying to say that there isn't. I mean, we live in a broken world, so everybody's going to experience those brokenness. But I do think that it is very easy to be blinded 
two injustices because of my position. And I think that it's easy for people to say, okay, this doesn't exist in a way to perpetuate my peace that I mm-hmm. experience and not out of fear of, of losing that in helping others. And I think that that is just blatantly wrong. Like, I mean, the fear, that fear is real, I guess, but I, I, I don't think that that is a loving and peaceful and appropriate response to just because I am in a different society, like a different social economic level. Mm-hmm. Which is fair, but I, that's just, that is a separate worry that I have about while rightly emphasizing the like disadvantages that many people face that should not also be a way to delegitimize the like human condition of everyone so that i'm not i'm not trying to rebuke you that's just other things that i am current often frustrated by right right, right. i i'm not saying that we should delegitimize those things because Again, we do live in a broken world, so we all experience brokenness. So, but I feel like this, we are, we are long right now. Is that true? I have no idea. I, okay, I also don't know. It's a little know, choppy. But I think we are, so. We're getting near, probably. I, so, the reason I don't like the 4th of July is because, fundamentally, I think it looks to center us around um, something I think should not be what we are centered at, around, mm-hmm. which is the United States. Okay, I think that is fair. I think, though, that because I, I agree, I don't think that our focus should be on the United States. I think, especially as Christians, that is something that is dangerous when we believe that the United States is the chosen people of God. Um or they believe that we believe that self-consciously maybe, but I think that can be dangerous. I do think though that these holidays have their place as a memorial um, to our history and to our past and where we are. Not necessarily, I agree it can glorify those things, but I also think that like there is, good in this idea that things can change right because i think even in a country maybe that's not the united states would the civil rights movement work i think that because the people are empowered to affect their society we are able to do those things and so yes i agree that it can be dangerous it can lead to violence it can lead to war and i don't think that those things are good But I do think that the idea that, okay, we can not only affect other people outside of government, we can even affect change within the government. And I think that idea comes from our history as well. Um, I think that's an important thing to remember. And regardless of whether or not we agree that war is right or wrong, I think we still need to respect the people who were willing to give up their lives for the freedom of our country. So I think I agree if it's emphasizing war and violence, I don't think that that's okay. And emphasizing centering on our nation as opposed to God. I think that that's not okay, but I do think there are some things that are okay about it. And maybe that's just not the true emphasis of the holiday. Yeah. So I would, disagree but it like it reminds me of how we were talking about culture where i think that uh, even even the good parts is still a a turning away from what ought be our true center um even if it pulls us into something greater than ourselves i think that is worse that is worse because it's it's pulling us to a different center 
it's which is it to me that seems like what you were saying about culture like it is something that we can be centered about but i think that that centering is worse than not at all um right i would uh, okay um i don't you mean for a non-christian nope not well, being yeah, centered no. yeah i mean for everyone okay i still i don't i don't know i think you're painting a too black and white picture i guess can't it be possible that i can experience these things without being with having my center still be at christ and say okay this is still my center i mean we're called to be in the world we're called to be respectful and a Right, I know. I'm not saying that. I'm saying you still are centered around Christ, yet you still can say, okay, I'm going to use the structure of this government or of this nation in order to accomplish things. Yeah, sure. And I can still be thankful that that structure exists in the way that it does and remember where where this country has come from. I don't think that I am, just because I celebrate the 4th of July, means that I have completely recentered where my my zero is. Yeah, I don't think so either, but that's that's the goal of the 4th of July. I'm not sure if that is the goal. I think it's to remember, it's to celebrate and to inspire patriotism. Maybe those are wrong. Inspiring, and I to me inspiring patriotism is that centering around the nation. But I don't think that that's the only reason why it exists. That's the primary purpose to me, of the 4th of July, to inspire patriotism. Okay. I think it's also a memorial, but maybe not. I mean, it, it is both. Right. I guess that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I don't think that it, it, you're trying to make it out as like, this is the only reason why we celebrate the 4th of July. If you just go out jimmy fallon or whoever that guy jimmy kimmel style and ask people what does the fourth of july mean or why does it exist like nobody's gonna say so that i become more patriotic it's gonna they're gonna it, it like it doesn't matter if that's how it functions okay i just i just don't think that it has to be all bad but maybe that's wrong i just think it's deeply insidious <laughs> i guess but like if your root is secure in Christ, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah. if that's not going to be shaken, sure. you can still celebrate the 4th yeah, of July. that's fine. But for just, like, most people, like, the majority of the world is not. And so okay. I think the 4th of July pulls us away from what is greater. And if it doesn't, if it doesn't, that's what its goal is. Okay. I think it's, I think it's okay for non-Christians and I think it can be fine for Christians if your center is still on zero. I'm worried about weddings too, so. Okay. Well, I, I just guess like, Yeah. I don't think that it has to, I don't understand why it has to be you're in or you're out. It's just like so why why do we do anything then? What do you mean? If if the 4th of July is so bad that it pulls us away from, you know, it pulls us center somewhere else. Why do we do anything? Like 95% this is just random stat. 95% of the things that I do on a daily basis are to center myself around myself. Mm -hmm. So like the problem is not the 4th of July. The problem is us, right? Well, like yeah. the problem is, I mean, there <laughs> but can, it seems like, like there can be greater problems and the 4th of July is still a problem. Right. But I don't want to get them out of this thinking, okay, I need to hate the 4th of July because that's what we talked about. I th I don't the problem is not the 4th of July. I think we should be critical of the 4th of July. Right, but I think the the fourth of well, I guess what I'm trying to say is the fourth of July is like drops in the bucket compared to my daily actions that are being selfish and self centered 
as opposed to the prioritization of looking to Christ and giving myself to him and laying down my life for the sake of his. That's fine. Okay, that that's all I want to say. I just don't think that the 4th of July is really all that big of an issue compared comparatively. Okay, I just I still think it's it I think it is often uncritically celebrated. All right. When to I me it has think... a a very a, a goal antithetical to the kingdom of heaven. Right. I'm I'm okay with agreeing with that. I just think that there are a lot of other things in our lives that happen every single day that are also about goals that are against the kingdom of heaven. And that's fine, but this episode is about the 4th of July. So, okay. <laughs> I just don't want it to make us make it sound like we at least I am more concerned about the 4th of July than other things. I'm very concerned about the 4th of July. I'm concerned okay, about I'm everything not- though. I'm not really concerned about the 4th of July. I think there are a lot more of the th- a lot greater things at least in my life that I feel like I can work on that are going to have a greater impact on. But yeah, on my but life. like I just think that like uncriticalness that I I think the 4th of July is approached with is representative of a lot of a lot of the ways we let ourselves be centered around non-god. Right. And that can also go into a di- all aspects of our lives yeah. and, and what are the things that we're doing to maybe my point is like, okay, yes, look at the 4th of July, but don't stop there. Mm-hmm. Look yeah. at the other way, the yeah. other areas of your life that you maybe not look at and you just assume are fine, but in reality are recentering you in a place that's not in Christ. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so any recommendations for us this week? Um, so I, I said earlier I'd watch Terminator. I think I would recommend it. Um, it's kind of predictable. Um, it's not terrible. It's not great. So if you haven't watched it, it's probably worth watching. (laughs) Uh, I know it's just, it's, it's just not like it was like world shaking you know mm-hmm. but i don't know i hear it's t2 worth a is, watch. is is good yeah that was kind of the conversation we're like well we should probably watch the first one in order to like watch the second one but then we never watched the second one so it didn't really happen mm-hmm. um i just listened to the avit brothers they have a new song out high stepping i believe is what it's called um yep has an interesting music video. I need to I've only listened to it once now. I'd like to listen to it again and kind of dig into more of the meaning behind it. Um, but I enjoyed it. There's a cool truck in the music video that I'd like to drive. Really? It looks cool. I think it looks cool. Okay. Um, let's see what else what else um If you live near the Dover area, tokens arcade and bar pretty fun pretty enjoyable way to spend an evening you can just go there and play games too you don't even have to go to the bar Mm. but the games are probably better than the bar i don't know i'm not a bar aficionado but i am also not nor have i been there that's fine those are just kind of some some tidbits. Um, I I listened to Bastille's album. Uh huh. Um, and I I I think that Doom Days is the best song. Mm-hmm. Um, though I felt as did our father, as I was talking to him um, afterwards, we we both felt that the conclusion was just devastatingly hollow. Right. Um. So, yes, Doom Days I thought was the best, um, uh, and th- and so Joy, I really want that to be a better song, because it seems like, or he's just like sad about relationships, 
and now, oh, he has a new one. And I'm like, how is this relationship going to be any better than the ones that have fallen apart in in the previous songs that you sung about? Like, what makes this joy any better than joy that you have already lived? And right. so I I like the structure of the album a lot. I like songs on the album a lot. But I think the conclusion is just as empty as the loss that he feels in the rest of the album, um, which is not what I'm supposed to. It's not what I'm supposed to feel, just based on how the song is. Um, but that's what I, that's how I felt. I would argue that's because you know a greater joy. But I would also argue that. But that I mean that's what the album's about, right? Um, I, there was something I, oh yes, I read The Meaning of Jesus by N.T. Wright and Marcus Borg, um, apparently the leading conservative and liberal, uh, Christ scholars. Okay. I thought it was really good. Um, and it, it is a... It is a good way into the perspective of both camps, and I, like I think both have valuable things to say. Um, in in the different way that they emphasize, um, Christ, like different parts of Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um, I was surprised I agree with anything Marcus Borg said. Honestly, um, after I read an interview between. Um, some guy, Christoph, from the New York Times and the the president of Union Seminary. And so I, I firmly expected to disagree with everything um, that Marcus Borg said, but I didn't disagree with everything he said. And I think the way he emphasizes some things differently from N.T. Wright is, is, is good. Um, so it's interesting. N.T. Like, N.T. Wright, I thought, was better. Um and his writing is all good. Um, mm-hmm. But that was good. Um, that's about it. Sounds good. We probably are way over. We are. I, I'm pretty confident I apologize. we're like 10 minutes over. Okay. Well, we'll wrap it up there. Thanks for sticking with us. Buenos and noches. we'll see you next week. <laughs>